Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ communities, this is Well, 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 brought to you every week by Thorn Harbour Health. Here on Well, 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 we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex and sexually diverse communities. Coming to you from Joy's Victorian Pride Centre Studios on Boonwurrung Country, I'm your host, Michael Whelan. Joined this week at the Pride Centre Studios by Rachel Cook. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm really well. That's so lovely. I was just thinking, you know, sitting in the studio, our little view out amongst I know. the trees. It's like a little treehouse. It is like a little treehouse here at the uh, Victorian Pride Centre Studios here at Joy. We're very fortunate to have this space available to us to produce Well, Well, Well each and every week for you here on Joy. Uh, Speaking of, we've got... Some exciting conversations coming up this week. Tonight, we will be speaking with Zara Jones, community development worker at Thorn Harbour Country. We are extending our reach out into the regions and the rural areas this week. Zara will be sharing with us about the new project LGBTIQ Time, a partnership between the team at Thorn Harbour Country and the Bendigo Library, providing a safe space at a public location, encouraging people to drop in and learn more about the LGBTIQ IQ plus community, becoming better allies and asking questions they maybe don't feel comfortable asking in other spaces, which sounds like an absolutely wonderful project, Rachel. We were talking earlier today about how some people can feel hesitant to ask questions, especially in um, like a public forum online around gender identity, pronouns, sexuality, surgeries, all those things that are part and parcel with a lot of queer experiences that maybe people just stepping into the community or friends and family uh, that want to be better allies are a little hesitant to ask. Um, So I'm really excited to hear about this project from Zara. Absolutely. And, you know, as someone I know like yourself, Michael, we sit on a number of advisory boards in an LGBTIQ capacity and often amongst a lot of people who aren't part of the community and you see the uncomfortability that they go through and it's quite painful sometimes. You just want to say, just ask, it's okay. Just ask, it's fine. It's fine. If your intention is good, it's okay. Yep. So that is all coming up here. We'll be hearing from Zara Jones, community development worker at Thorn Harbour Country, talking about LGBTIQ time here on Joy 94.9 and the Community Radio Network. You're getting well, well, well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. This is Well, Well, Well here on Joy 94.9. We are speaking with Zara Jones, community development worker at Thorn Harbour Country, about an exciting new project, LGBTIQ Time, which we'll be getting into in just a little bit. Zara, hi, welcome to Well, Well, Well. Thanks, Michael. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Zara. Great to be speaking with you. Uh, Zara, can you first tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Thorn Harbour Country? Sure. So I am a non-binary trans woman who came out at the age of 40. I use she, they pronouns. Um, I quickly became a strong advocate for the trans community after coming out and uh, now the president of Trans and Gender Diverse 
Bendigo and Beyond, uh, which is a social support group here in Bendigo. Um, and my focus is on social connection, trans visibility, um, generating positive attitudes towards difference through healthy conversations, um, which is what drew me to the role of the community development worker at Thorn Harbour Country. Community engagement, the capacity building and the developing effective relationships that empower and improve community wellbeing, they're the things that I'm already passionate about. And so the role just gives me that opportunity to um, get some great projects going, including LGBTIQ time. And what a great segue that was just then, Zara. So can you tell us a bit about LGBTIQ time? What is this new project all about? Sure. So uh, at the first community morning tea that I facilitated here at Thorn Harbour Country, which is a regular meeting on the first Thursday of each month from 10 to 12 at our community hub. Um, so come on down to 58 Monday Street, Bendigo. Um, we had a conversation that, um, that highlighted the need for safe, neutral spaces for people to access information, ask questions and learn about LGBTIQ language, experiences, allyship, and um, just a safe place to explore curiosity about taboo questions. Yeah, so we've got many people in the community who they're not bigots, but they're also not allies either. So they're learning about um, the plight of LGBTIQ people um, and they're sympathetic, but they're afraid of saying the wrong thing, um, creating more harm or just sounding ignorant. So they avoid the LGBTIQ events and people. So LGBTIQ time, um, what we hope is that that will provide the ongoing opportunity and invitation uh, for those curious questions. So hopefully move some of these people that are um, in the middle to a place of empowered allies. And at the very least, it's another opportunity for healthy trans visibility. Um, because me being a healthy, professional, welcoming transgender human in a public space works to undo the stigma that trans people are not capable of these things. Yeah, it sounds like a really wonderful project. I know for a lot of people that are in my life, I grew, I grew up in uh, regional and rural Victoria myself, so I grew up in a in a culture where people were perhaps well-meaning but didn't have the vernacular to kind of have respectful conversations and maybe found it a bit difficult to start from zero and be expected to, you know, work at 100% level in terms of uh, the way that they kind of talk about and with LGBTIQA plus people. So I think this is really wonderful to kind of open those doors to a group of people that maybe we'd never kind of had a conversation with before. Um, so this is all about answering questions, this project. Just to be clear, it's not a counselling or therapeutic outreach service for people to come if they're kind of in a in a period of distress? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. So it's, a, um, it's about conversations and questions, uh, but of course it can lead to referrals um, and linking into other resources and information. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just that opportunity to see where that conversation leads. LGBTIQ time has had one session already. And what happened at that session? What was the response like? Yeah, so uh, the first session seemed very successful to me because we had somebody who's been following our social media for a while 
and they use this opportunity to come along and meet with me. Um, the discussion then led to a collaboration with Thorn Harbour Country on a project for LGBTI people who are carers and carers of LGBTI people. Um, so yeah, I feel like that was a fantastic first session. And um, that's a, a project that we're currently developing. So I can't talk about that yet, but if any of the listeners are a carer of an LGBTI person or an LGBTI person who is a carer and you live within the Loddon Mallee region, then reach out to contact me and register your details and I'll provide some info as it becomes available. Wonderful. And I know that's a topic that's um, been of great interest to uh, Caleb, our communications manager, who also works on Well, Well, Well with us, um, who's done a couple of episodes, I believe, on um, carers within LGBTI communities and people who care for LGBTIQ people. So if you want to head back through our podcast page, um, just search for carers or LGBTIQA plus carers, and that information will come up and you can revisit those episodes. Um, Zara, I wanted to ask about, um, obviously, the space is set up at the Bendigo Library for you to run um, LGBTIQ time. How did that partnership come about? Has the Bendigo Library always been really queer affirming and it was just a natural choice or how did that kind of come to be? Yeah, absolutely. We have a great relationship with the Bendigo Library here at Thorn Harbour as well as the other uh, LGBTI groups within Bendigo and they host many um, diverse events, including a clothing swap, catwalk, and information night for Wear It Purple last year. So it was a great uh, choice to to host this project. Um, And the library is just a wonderfully safe and inclusive space and uh, neutral venue, so it was perfect. Hmm. Um, And of course, they were very excited and willing to provide the support um, to run the project. Yeah, great. And obviously a a natural meeting point for people who are kind of seeking knowledge, I guess. So it kind of makes a lot of sense. Uh, And the Bendigo Library, I believe, is not terribly far from the Mundy Street office and is quite near Piano Bar. So you're kind of creating this little, I guess, queer hub in in Bendigo. Absolutely. I mean, most of Bendigo is walking distance once you get into town. So it's very convenient. And the other thing about the library is that it's, it also provides that space for people who are just wandering past and saying, ah, what are you doing here? And, and then creating that uh, conversation from that point. So it's, it's being available that's really um, going to work for that project. Zara, why might someone not be willing to connect to an LGBTIQ service uh, like Thorn Harbour Country at Monday Street or even, um, you know, a metro service like we have at Thorn Harbour Health or any of the other services kind of in and around Victoria? I guess this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with the the branding and visibility of of that space and how might that be kind of a barrier to people accessing a, a service like ours? Yeah, so accessing any kind of service um you know, is a big first step for some people. So when our LGBTI community takes that first step to enter Thorn Harbour or any other service, um, you know, it is a big deal. So reaching out for support, whether it's for mental health, sexual health or anything else, can create a lot of anxiety for people. So walking through the door being the hardest thing to do and the biggest obstacle um, for accessing help that somebody needs the, the opportunity at the library is just a conversation. So it's a neutral ground and people can wander past until they feel safe to start that conversation. And then that conversation at the library, you know, over any chosen topic might lead to the presenting concern um, when they feel safe enough to disclose. 
So, but there's also people who carry the fear of being rejected. So, what if it's not the right service, or what if they're too busy, or feeling like you know somebody feeling like they're wasting someone's time? So, while we're very welcoming and safe at Thorn Harbour Country, some people just won't walk through that door. And then, of course, for those in betweeners, the people who aren't bigots, that they're not allies, asking questions to satisfy curiosity, to learn and grow, to seek knowledge, to support a friend or a colleague, they can be low priorities. And although the knowledge and growth can make a big difference to those who they interact with, to them, it doesn't really impact on their on their life compared to everyday you know chores and responsibilities. Um, so some of them, uh, some of some of those people um, can also carry the them and us thought process. So I'm not one of them, so I can't enter that service. So yeah, that the library again being that neutral space. It, break down all those barriers. So then do you find that you're speaking with community members who wouldn't normally connect with us? Well, that's what I hope the project will achieve. There's community members who don't know about Thorn Harbour Health or Thorn Harbour Country or what services we provide or even that we host the social morning tea that they can come to and and build social um, connections. So this project... Uh, in such a public space uh, that we're being, you know, we're being exposed to all people and they can see that we're very accessible and very welcoming. Mm. And for people connecting with us from kind of either outside the community or they're, they're on the periphery, maybe they're part of the community, but they're not um, super well connected. Um, those incidental conversations with non-queer folk that can happen at the library, I guess what, um, from your experience, we've only had the one session so far, but what, what do you feel like people want to know? What is their real point of interest? Is it, as you said, wanting to support, you know, a colleague or a family member, or is it just general not understanding of, of LGBTIQA plus terms? Well, we've only had the one session, um, but prior to this project, the questions that I get asked from non-LGBTI people are mostly about pronouns or surgeries. Um, and also what services are available, who they can talk to, and how do they support someone that they love or work with. Um, you know, we, we live with these identities, and many of us are surrounded by community, and we're learning from one another. But some of the non-LGBTI people who enter our lives, they're just at the beginning stages of knowledge and understanding. Um, and some people ask questions to improve their cultural competency in the workplace, which is an awesome way to ensure LGBTI people are treated with respect when they're accessing services for themselves. I think you make a really good point there that, you know, we're all on a different sort of timeline of our journeys into navigating our new worlds of gender and sexuality and sometimes we do have to be patient with people who... um, you know, it's the beginning of their journey and, and, and it's, you know, just be respectful that they're actually making those steps. So I'm just wondering then, are, are there opportunities there for some resources or projects aimed at supporting allyship? Yes, so, well, the project is all about building allyship um, because allyship is built on knowledge and connection and, and passion. Um and by allowing people to have these conversations, that helps them to learn and grow, um, and they can develop an understanding of 
LGBTI concerns and complexities and the experiences. Um, and then, of course, that understanding can empower them to recognize and to speak out against stigma, bigotry and discrimination and, and just be confident to come to events and to be visible with us. Yeah. Um, and with the uh, partnership uh, for this project being Thorn Harbour Country and obviously the Bendigo Library, are apart from providing the space, are the Bendigo Library, you know, involved in these conversations or are they interested in kind of participating themselves? I'm just fascinated to hear how, uh, what their involvement looks like in this process. Yeah, well, the conversation has certainly led to discussions around what are the projects that they deliver that, that we can um, collaborate with and what other um, opportunities there are within the library because they are very, yeah, I mean, they're great allies themselves and very willing to get involved and, and um, improve that opportunity for the community. Mm. And with so many LGBTIQ plus festivals now reaching out to the regions like Brendigo Pride, Bendigo Queer Film Festival and, of course, Chill Out in Dalesford, what do you think visibility looks like in our regional hubs now? Yeah, so these festivals are getting more and more support from businesses and organisations and the general public, which shows our LGBTI community that we have their support. And it also shows the broader community that we are supported and that we're celebrated and loved. And, of course, this visibility changes attitudes and creates safety and welcomes people back to our regions. Um, you know, many LGBTI folks have moved away to seek safety in bigger cities and we're having discussions with them at these events that they feel safe now to, to move back and, and some of them have done that. Yeah, I was just thinking about a couple of people from within my own network that arrive either from regional Victoria like myself that are now making that migration back or even um, people that have grown up in, you know, the bigger cities or spent most of their lives here are now thinking about, you know, a tree change or a sea change out into, you know, either a small town or a, or a big hub like Bendigo and the way that that is now supported in a way that it probably wouldn't have been 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that also comes from councils and yeah, the, the, the whole culture of the city changing to be a lot more inclusive and supportive. And, you know, there's still a long way to go, but there's conversations happening with LGBTI organisations to help build that cultural competency within um, regional towns. And, and it's just so great to see. Um I'm just going to say, uh, I've had this conversation earlier this week too. I was on the ABC talking about Mardi Gras, the history of Mardi Gras, and someone came in and talked about how much things are changing in regional places for LGBTI people. And the line used was, they don't have to leave anymore, you know, which is yeah. just, you know, would resonate with so many older listeners as well. Yeah, even the not so older listeners. But, like well, I, I <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the the, the grey hairs are sprouting, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Um, but even for for myself, I'm only my my mid thirties, and when I was growing up and kind of had a queer re realization of my you know my identity, my natural progression was okay. Well, when I finish school, my natural step is to move 
to a big city because that's where I'll be nurtured and safe and find my community and my family because I, I just instinctively think that I won't find it in my region, which is which is probably for a lot of people no longer the case, which is really wonderful to see and um, speaks, to, speaks volumes to the importance of a project like this that enables people that may have little or no understanding of the community or just stepping into the community for the first time to safely have the conversations around how do I respectfully ask this question or how do I refer to this person's partner or all those things that can probably seem pretty overwhelming, um, especially with the abundance of queer representation in the media now. Um, we're not, you know, kind of hiding in the shadows like we like we used to be. So it feels like the mainstream community has a little bit of, you know, catching yeah. up to do. And we've got a lot of t- we've got a lot of teaching that we're willing to give, I guess. And there seems to be so much information available online, um, but there's so much of it that people don't know what they can trust online. So having a, a face-to-face conversation just gives people that little bit more confidence mm. that they're getting the right information. Yeah. And do you feel like there's um, there's a, a safety in having, um, in this kind of setting, it's, it's a one-on-one conversation with obviously someone like yourself who's from within the community as opposed to posing the question online where um, there can be the fear of having kind of, uh, uh, you say the wrong thing and then there's a bit of a pile on and you're, you're called out as opposed to being called in do you think that kind of undoes or or resolves some of that kind of fear i guess yeah absolutely when it's one-on-one you can actually have that confidence that you can explain your situation whereas being you know online and and being attacked you you, yeah people just shut down and then you know there's, there's often um a positive motivation behind why they're asking the question but maybe they ask the question in the wrong way and even if they ask me a question that is inappropriate I'll just let them know comfortably that that's a question that that shouldn't be asked and I'm not offended because I'm in this situation where you can ask anything but please don't ask that again or don't ask that of other um, people because that will be offensive to them and then that's a learning point for themselves. Yeah, sounds absolutely wonderful. We are fast running out of time. but <laughs> we uh, are. Uh, <laughs> finally, Zara, can you tell us a little bit more about some of the services available at Thorn Harbour Country? Yeah, so we have a great referral service for counselling and other therapeutic groups at Thorn Harbour Health and the Positive Living Centre. Um, but we also have a community hub here where people can come in and access clothing through Open Closet which is stocked by the clothing swap at Trans and Gender Diverse Bendigo Beyond. Um, And also in the community hub, we will shortly have a queer book library where people can access queer literature and books by queer artists. And of course, we also have a monthly social morning tea where um, LGBTIQ people, people living with HIV, and of course, allies are welcome. And it's on the first Thursday of each month from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. That sounds absolutely incredible. And just one more time, just let us know um, how people can connect with the LGBTIQ time sessions happening at the Bendigo Library. Yeah, so just look for myself wearing my Thorn Harbour T-shirt and I will be in the Bendigo Library, which is at 259 Hargrave Street in Bendigo from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on the first Monday of every month. Zara Jones, community development worker at Thorn Harbour Country, leading LGBTIQ time at the Bendigo Library. Thank you so much for joining us on Well, 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 and we hope to have you back again very soon. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michael and Rachel. 
You're listening to Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 your show for LGBTIQ health and well-being, presented by Joy sponsor, Thorn Harbour Health. For more on these topics and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website, thornharbour.org. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.